What's happening? Corey Wong here with the brand new Wong Notes podcast. We have a sick first season. We have current and future legends of the guitar. Some of my heroes. Smash that subscribe button. Hit it, baby. Peace. Sounds good, Sam. Hey everyone, this is Chris Keesford from Your Guitar. We're hanging out. Well, I'm hanging out in Nashville, Tennessee. Sam's hanging out in Los Angeles. Sam, how you doing? Yep, I'm good. It's uh, it's like 100 degrees here, but trying to stay cold. <laughs> stay cold. Yeah, doing good. Air conditioners running probably constantly. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think we're racking up a bill, but you know, gotta stay cold, man. Well, Sam has joined us from Los Angeles, and he is part of Mount Joy. Him and Matt started this band years ago, and I think that's a good point to start. I know you've told the story probably countless times, and at some point you're going to be tired about it, us tired about telling it, but I think it's worth noting that you and Matt had you know, joined forces early on in your guys' life in Philadelphia, always been collaborating, and then things kind of, you know, you went down a normal life path, and then things kind of happened. Mm -hmm. So, so tell, us, tell our viewers about how that un unfolded. Yeah, it's a weird long story, but um, pretty much Matt and I went to high school together outside of Philadelphia. Um, we, uh, we played music together, uh, we wrote songs together, and then we each kind of went to college um, in separate cities. We kind of would, we would send each other, you know, recordings and things. Um, and then, long story short, I went to law school. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> And then after law school, I was a lawyer. I, I, I wasn't really into it. So I moved to L.A. I don't really know why. Um, and Matt was out here uh, uh, actually in law school at the time. Um, so pretty much whenever we had free time, I didn't know anyone here. He didn't really know anyone here. He moved here with his girlfriend at the time. Uh, and so we pretty much just started playing songs after work, after school, uh, kind of like it was high school all over again, uh, except, you know, we kind of at some point were like, you know, hey, these are these are good songs. Like people would enjoy these songs. At least I thought, um, yeah. and Matt thought too, obviously. But, uh, so we, we ended up, um, you know, putting a few of the songs on Spotify. Uh, and it, the one song Astro Van did really well. And at that point it was like, you know, you can either continue doing what you're doing or go with music. Was that a hard like decision or a conversation you guys have, or was it pretty obvious? Um, so I, I had moved back to Philly. I had done a thing where I was dating a girl and she was like, you're a lawyer. Why are you in LA? Like, what are you doing with your life? And <laughs> so I had moved back to Philly after we had recorded these songs. And so I was a lawyer again. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to, I, I never wanted to be a lawyer. Um, we have these songs, people are enjoying them. And I remember Matt calling me being like, Hey, like people are digging these songs. Like, do you want to, do you want to do this with me? Like, do you want to, or do you want to keep doing what you're doing? And I was like, there was no, there was no second of thinking. I was like, of course, like, let's do this. Like, why? Yeah. This is what we want to do. So, um, it was, it was an odd time for sure. Um, uh, and it wasn't easy. It's not like an easy thing to just jump into music. 
Um, but we did. And kudos to you taking the jump because, you know, like you said, the uncertainty can, can often scare people from the ledge, but you guys did it. Yeah, there was, there was definitely some anxiety early on of just like, how are we going to make money? Because people, uh, music is, it, you don't make money. Like, you just, there's just no money in, in the music industry anymore. So it's, it's, uh, it's just hard to get by. But if you, if you thoroughly enjoy what you do, which I think we did and still do, uh, it makes it a little easier. Yeah. Sure. Well, and, and, then, and then, you know, you always have the safety net of the bar if it ever comes to that again. But, you know, right now, you're totally. doing the guitar thing. Yeah. For now, yeah. <laughs> well, talk to me about that beautiful sunburst machine you have in your hands. Yeah, so this is um, a 1969 Fender Jaguar. Um, I've had it for uh, 15 years, 10, 15 years. Oh, wow. Like um, it's pretty beat up, but I kind of like that because I just am clumsy and I drop things all the time. So anything that's like pristine or new... Um, I steer away from like a nice brand new car. I, I don't do that. I like, I drive like a beat up Jeep. Um, just because if I hit something like, okay. Yeah. Um, but, but same with, same with this, like it's pretty dinged up. Um, it's pretty road worn. Um, but it's my baby and this is pretty much the guitar. I mean, this is the guitar I've used on every recording that we've ever done. Um, and it's, I've played other Jaguars. They, they're great, but there's something about this one for me. Um, I just know exactly how to play it, exactly how to hit the right notes, um, and just kind of figuring out where where to play. It, it, just, it just works great for the way I play. Speaking of that, Sam, I've, I've seen other interviews you've done where you have everything. People, you're, you've led to the fact that you've learned this instrument and it's become a second, second you know, person in, in your collaboration with Matt, but you mm -hmm. really have it dialed in. Like you, you have neck pickup, you have all the circuitry figured out where you want it, and you kind of just go with that one kind of setting, right? Yeah. So, so I used to, yeah, that's right. Um, so I used to do a thing early on, you know, like again, like we were playing these shows in the beginning. We we've played music our entire lives, but we were really thrown into this band. And I think, I think just before we move on, like I just want to say this: like there's sometimes been a misconception with this band where it's like these normal people were just like thrown into music. Um, but we've been playing like, like we've worked our asses off. Like Matt's written songs for years. He's played tons of shows in college and after, um, and just hours and hours of me just like playing arpeggios and scales and just learning songs and writing songs. And, um, but, but, but yeah, I think, I think being thrown into music early on, at least for us was the, the learning curve was figuring out how to actually like, play in front of larger crowds and so for me like i had anxiety and i was scared of just like you know like i remember our first tour we opened for um the head and the heart and the rooms were you know two or three thousand people wow and so uh yeah it was it was scary but um so for me early on it was just a matter of like hitting the right notes and not even worrying about tone it was just like all right this is how you play sheep it was like <laughs> and just making sure, like, and I wouldn't even look up. I wouldn't look left. And then at some point you learn, like, oh, you can move around a little bit. You can turn to the left. You can run to the drummer. You can, like, do dumb stuff, and people enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it took me a little while to figure out actually how to, like, use my guitar correctly. Um, but over time I learned that um, I only enjoy the neck pickup. 
Like that's I don't enjoy the bridge pickup at all on this particular Jaguar. I don't know why. It's just too trebly. It's just it doesn't have any grit. Um, uh-huh. So what I did was um, I used to I, I ended up always hitting this knob, which switches from these settings to these settings, and it was just it was just a disaster sometimes. In the middle of shows, I just I just hit it. So I ended up just disabling this entire part of the guitar. So the only pickup that works on the guitar right now is the neck pickup. <laughs> so all I all I need to worry about on this actual guitar is the volume and the tone. And that's it. So this is just it looks cool, <laughs> but I don't I don't know what it does. I don't use it. I don't touch it. It's funny. I saw you I mean before all this happened uh, open up for the Lumineers at, at the Bridgestone. Uh, I think mm. that was late February and yeah, you were having a lot of fun. So you weren't really thinking about it like you were saying in the early days or just a few years ago. Yeah, I think um just in terms of like, I think I, I developed over time, you can either you can either be nervous and let it kind of eat you up a little bit. Like I still get nervous for shows, but I think the way I adjust to it is to be weird, is to like run around, jump up and down, like mess with our drummer Sotiri, mess with our bassist Michael or Jackie, our keyboardist or Matt, um, and just try to have fun. Because otherwise there's always that energy, especially like shows when you're opening for the Lumineers and there's like, you know, 15,000 people staring at you during a guitar solo or something. Yeah. Like, you either, you either are, like, a complete zen master and, like, I don't know how you do it, but you, like, focus on your breathing and you just... But for me, it's, like, I'm going to be excited. So it's either I'm so scared excited or I'm, like, let's just, like, get... Let's get weird. Yeah. Like, let the waterfall yeah. rush over me and go with it. Totally, and if you don't, then you're like, then you, then you get in your head, and you're like, oh man, the tone. Is, is it? You just have to like get weird and just trust your sound guy, trust the lights look cool, and trust that like you're playing the right thing because you are. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, it is your music, but um, totally. I, I have seen you perform with other guitars and instruments. I've seen you with a Strat, and I've mm-hmm. even heard that you before that the Jaguar became like that number one for you was uh, a Les Paul. Do you use those yeah. at all or at all? Or is it kind of Damn. just the jag? Damn, you've done your research. So, um, you're good. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> no one's no one's ever asked me these kinds of questions. You you know your stuff. Um, so I I had a Gibson Les Paul in high school and a little bit of college, and it was this like beautiful custom had like three gold pickups, um, some incredible uh, humbucker pickups. And and it was fine. It weighed like a thousand pounds. I remember that. But um, but I ended up when I was living in New York, going to college. Um, I walked by. I think it's called Rivington Guitars. I don't. I yeah. want to make sure that's right. I think it's Rivington. You know Rivington? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, like in the, in the East Village. And they had this like row of Jaguars. And I was like, man, I I've always been into Jaguar. I don't know why. I just never. Um, took the jump and then I went in I started playing one it was this one and I started talking to the guy I was like man I got this Les Paul like can you just can I just swap it just just give me this thing and I think I ended up paying like an extra like I don't know he probably got me good but but <laughs> it was so worth it this is this so this and then I've, I've had this one since then um so I used to uh, yeah I used to play a Les Paul but I never really uh it just wasn't for me um and then I, I do have a Strat. I have like a, a Fender custom Strat that I play, that I mess around with. Um, but 
again, it was it's this it's this thing where I want like I needed a backup guitar. Um, I needed a backup guitar, so I wanted a Strat. But the 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 Jaguar and the Strat are such different instruments. Yeah. That if I break a string on this and I pick up a Stratocaster for the next song, it's like it's like a whole different instrument. Um, so I ended up finding um, from Imperial Vintage in Studio City here in LA uh, a '67 Jaguar. Oh wow! Um, and that's my backup now. It's it's pretty great. Yeah. Have you done the same type of uh, I guess I was gonna say rewiring, but unwiring that you did in that? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did the same unwiring. Um, that one is a different sound. It's a little quieter. You can tell the differences um, when you play them. It's a little different, but it, it's it's much more similar to this guitar than like a modern custom strat for sure cool well uh i think at that point we should kind of transition to amps i know again you're a fender dude right yeah i am a fender guy um so i used to play a princeton reverb um early on i think in the smaller rooms it works but as soon as you for me at least when i start to push it a little bit um it breaks like a little bit before i want it to break um so I switched to a 68 Deluxe, and that's been my, that's been my amp for the last two and a half years. Like, like uh, uh, original, or is it like a custom reissue, like the custom Deluxe reissue? It's a custom Deluxe reissue. Gotcha. Yeah. And what do you yeah. like about that? Does that give you a little bit more, I guess, stage volume? Yeah, it's, it's, the volume is great. I don't play that loud, um, but I just like it to break right where I want it to break. So I play in a very, for lack of a better term, like sloppy. I don't play in a pristine manner. It's a lot of um, like these. And it's just like, I need them to, I need the sound to just break right where I want it to break. Otherwise it's too clean. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's just not like the tone that I'm going for. So And the 68, you know, I put the volume at like three, and you know the treble bass it's just right pretty low but but it ends up just breaking um in combination with the pedals that i have um right exactly where i want it to break in each song gotcha well before we move on to your pedal board i think it will Mm -hmm. be uh worth asking about tunings you play because i know matt and i don't know if you mirror Mm -hmm. his setup but matt uses some uh not unusual tunings but definitely open tunings and so how does that work with what you play are you in standard or do you do you mirror his setup yeah i'm i'm usually in standard matt does a thing where like it's pretty funny it's really funny early on when we didn't have a crew but he would he would like write a song like silver lining or something and it's in a different tuning than any of his other guitars and we don't have a guitar tech at the time so we would just have to carry another guitar on tour and then he would write a song like i'm your wreck and that's in a different tuning again. So now we have, you know, now he's got three acoustic guitars. And then he would write another, like, and so it just, it was, became a joke. But um, I've steered away from that as much as I can. Um, and I really only play in standard. Um, and then on the new album, I play uh, two songs uh, in drop D. Cool. And that's it. All right. And what about uh, strings? Strings and picks? Strings, these are... Um, these are Ernie Ball 11s. I think they're uh, Slinkies. I believe they're called Slinkies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're yeah they're pretty they're pretty standard um, picks. I think they're or sorry, strings. They're a little bit heavy, um, but they're great. They just do the job. I think they're really cheap, but they like they do exactly what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I use these Ernie Ball. Um, they're heavy nylon 
with like a little bit of a grip to them. Uh, just because I hit hard, so the strings have to be heavy and the, the, the picks have to be pretty heavy too. Cool, man. Well, you kind of alluded to it already, but I, I can't wait to at least hear about your pedal board. And, and as we get into the video, we'll edit uh, photos in so everyone can see it. But talk to me about your pedal yeah. board. Uh, so my pedal board has changed a little bit over the years, but there have been some uh, some standbys. Um, but uh, 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 pretty much this, the, the, the main crux of my sound is in the soul food. Um, it's the Electroharmonic Soul Food. Which is like a super-duper um, super cheap clone of a Klon. It's exactly, yeah, yeah, the Klon. It's, it's cheap as hell. I think it was like 70 bucks. Um, and I remember, like, early on, I was like, I don't know, I just wanted some kind of an overdrive pedal, and I accidentally bought that. I mean, it is, I guess, technically an overdrive pedal, but I have it on all of the time. Um, and I guess I'll show the settings. Mm-hmm. Is that how this works? Yeah. So, so... So yeah, I, I, I just on all the time on like a relatively low drive and treble setting. Um, and it just gives me that, that break that I was talking about earlier with the amp. Mm -hmm. um, that in, com in combination with the 68 amp is just like, I have it figured out pretty perfectly exactly uh, how I want it to sound. Um, and then uh, the other thing I've had forever is this Strymon Big Sky. Um, and it's funny, I was, I, was, uh, I was talking to my bandmates yesterday about being on rig rundown um and in my head especially with the with the with the pedal like the big sky i have it i have it set up in different um settings obviously but for me it's always like oh here comes the shimmer part i'll just hit the second button <laughs> or this or like oh there's like a swell sound here comes the third button like there's no for me it's just like i, I i'm i'm less of a like I, I don't really know how it works necessarily I just know that if I hit the third button, it's going to sound cool yeah. kind of thing. Um, but there, it's cool because there's different, um, uh, there's like different banks that you can, that you can pull through uh, and, and, and have just different settings for each song. Is that like something people might hear in a Silver Linings solo? Yeah, so, so the Silver Linings solo, the Silver Linings solo is a combination of, um, of an EP booster uh, just to get the, the volume up, um, the shimmer effect on the big sky, which is kind of like a little bit of a delay. Um, uh, just kind of like a, a little bit of a, a high end shimmer at the end, yeah. um, combined with, uh, a boss DD seven. Uh, and the DD seven is in uh, reverse mode. So it kind of creates this wacky. And it's not, even that, even that solo isn't that complicated. It's like by far the least complicated solo that I've done with this band. But um, it's literally just, just going up like a C major scale. <laughs> um, but, but, but when you do it, that's kind of, that's kind of my point is like, I just know I hit the second button and then I turn on the DD7 and it's play really fast and, and it's going to sound cool. So, um, those have kind of been my three standbys, the, the, the big sky, the DD seven, uh, and, and the soul food. But then I also have, um, uh, a TS, uh, 808, uh, just to get really loud sometimes. Um, and then I've been kind of experimenting with, uh, a Qtron plus. Okay. Just for some, a lot of, for the slidey stuff. 
it kind of ends up, uh, it's kind of a bit of a wah sound, like, uh, it's just a funky little toy to play with. Um, what songs do you play have, slide on? I play slide, uh, I play slide a lot live. Um, I, the, I, I didn't really play it on the first album, I don't think at all. On the second album, I play it on a song called Death, um, which is kind of, I utilize, uh, so that's one's in drop D, uh, and then I play the Big Sky, there's like an echo effect from the Big Sky, just an echo chamber effect, um, and then the Qtron gives it just a rounder, like wah-wah kind of a sound. Mm-hmm. What about uh, like a Let Loose solo? Is that a different setting than the Silver Lining? The Let Loose solo is, a, is, is the same. Actually, well, it's a different setting altogether. But it's pretty much, that's just a clean signal um, using the EP boost and the Soul Food. And that's it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't really um, mess around too hard on solos. For solos, I really only use either the EP boost or the, the Tube Screamer, the TS-808. Um, but yeah, that one, that one was fun. That was, a, that was a fun one in the studio, for sure. Do you um, ever, like, stack... Because obviously the Soul Food you said is on all the time, but do you ever use the EP mm-hmm. Boost and the Tube Screener? Like, all three together? I do. I do. And Can the Qtron sometimes. Yeah. I mean, my neighbors might yell at me, but... Uh, oh, so, man. pretty much, it just gets, like, super loud. It's like, you can really... Like, for the end of Mount Joy... That kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. And uh, if you could indulge me, one last request would be, what's the, so, the, like, the A and the B for the soul food? I'd like to hear just the amp maybe by itself and how you have that set and then the soul food. Oh, yeah. So right now I have... Um, so you could probably really hear the difference, but like... And this is essentially my guitar straight into the amp. Okay. So it's it's... Pretty clean. Mm-hmm. And then just turning on the soul food. So it's just, you can kind of hear where it breaks for me. And that's kind of my goal in life is just to have it like a little bit dirtier um, than, than that, that clean tone for sure. And is there anything else on your pedal board? Or is that just it? Yeah, so... So um, I kind of jumped around in, in a random order, but I can just I can take you through it, uh, I guess, chronologically as, as the sound goes here. Yeah. But um, I've been using this um, this Shure uh, GL, what is it, GLD, uh, it's, a, it's a GLXD16, um, this wireless transmitter, um, which is pretty great. Uh, it also has a tuning device on it, but um, I actually have my own uh, passive tuner towards the end of my board. But... So I use this wireless, goes into the booster, which goes into um, the Tube Screamer, which goes into this Mel 9. Um, and the Mel 9 is by Electroharmonics, and it kind of creates um, voices, if that makes sense. You can kind of turn your guitar using, like, a swell effect from the Big Sky. You can kind of create, like, a... Just like little voices. There's just different instruments on it. Um, one of them is, um, a choir. <laughs> so oh, I just, wow. it's just a fun, yeah, it's a fun thing to play live. We have a song called Bug Eyes, um, that has this very cinematic intro. Um, 
and so when we when we play it live i like to uh run a choir through some uh through some distortion sometimes and 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 make it sound kind of trippy i was gonna say what Um, what do you think is like the craziest sound that you use for mount joy uh that's up there i mean i think anytime a lot of times what i do um for certain songs is just a combination of the dd7 and like anything else like the dd7 immediately makes things sound weird as hell um so there's a song called come with me off the new record where i kind of just start doing these like which is really just like a g minor scale uh but in reverse like in this reverse mode on the dd7 um but you can combine that with um uh like the swell effect and just kind of create these like just dissonant weird sounds that i think um a lot of times like we use them for intros to songs or bridges between songs or just like if in the middle of a song I'm feeling squirrely and weird, just kind of just doing these like, and that's kind of what I'm talking about earlier with like kind of messing with the band a little bit. Where like we'll be playing a song sometimes, and just to like just to get things a little squirrely, just to yeah, just like a little. And there's always just somebody that's like, what? What is that? So that's that's kind of the that's the DD7. That's like that's my like wild card. Uh, uh, pedal for sure. Okay, so keep keep walking through the pedal board. I kind of interrupted as you were talking about your. That's no, all good. So yeah, so so there's the receiver, there's uh, the EP booster, the tube screamer, the Mel Nine that goes into the Qtron, um, which goes into the Soul Food, and then I have on the board. I don't know why I still have it on there, but uh, it's the Z Zvex, um, or it's the uh, yeah the Zvex FX uh, Lo-Fi Junkie. It's a great pedal. Yeah, it's I haven't figured out how to use it. So pretty much on on the new record there's a song called Rearrange Us. Um and the guitar part uh is is pretty basic, but our producer Tucker Martin, who's a genius, um did this thing where he made it sound like crappy, but in like a great way. Just like an interesting like high pass lo-fi filter thing that he did. Um, and so we've just been trying to replicate that live, but whenever I turn it on, it always like, maybe you can help me with this, but it ends up like creating this weird buzz. I don't know, but eventually I'll figure it out, but that's still on my board. I'm like hopeful that I'll figure it out. Um, (laughs) eventually I've heard like it has amazing reviews. I just haven't figured out how to use it. You haven't connected Um, with it yet. Exactly, but I will. I'm keeping it there. I'll, it'll have its day. Um, and then, um, then I have an even tied H9, which is funny because I so I used to use um, the Hummingbird tremolo pedal. Okay. But every time I would turn it on and off, it would just create like the loudest clack clack. Um, and so I was just looking for a different tremolo pedal, and someone I was. I, was reading online somewhere and someone mentioned the h9 has a great tremolo effect um and so i just bought the h9 because i was like well maybe i could use it for other things i could you know it has like an infinite amount that's an expensive tremolo pedal (laughs) that's yeah and that's i say that's everyone everyone's like oh my god you have the h9 how do you like it and i'm like 
I just used the tremolo, like, I don't know. And what I did, what I ended up doing was, is I even did a thing, which is ridiculous, where I turned down the tremolo to the extent that, like, it's barely there. Like, it's, like, barely there. Yeah, a little bit um, But I usually have that on, too, just to give it, like, a little bit of movement. And that's literally the only reason that I use the H9. Like, that's its entire sole purpose. But I understand that, like, you can connect it to your phone and you can download different sounds and create but but for me it's like i'm fine with that like i it does its job for me um i love it it's like uh using a ferrari to go get the groceries it's exactly that's a perfect analogy <laughs> that is like a perfect analogy yeah it's like a 500 hundred dollar pedal or something but um i mean it's another thing kind of like the like the lo-fi junkie i'll i'll figure it out one day there'll be a day you know maybe like album three you know, we'll be in the studio and it'll be like, what else can that do? And I'll be like, oh, I've been waiting years to figure this out. And then I'll dive in. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, like the only reason I haven't dove in and maybe this speaks to me as a person overall, but there's a there's the the code is on the back that you need to put into your phone to hook up to the Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And I've like I've used uh, uh, the lock stuff to put it on my board so it's completely locked to my board and so i can't get it off so therefore i can't get the code and therefore i'm just like it's fine you know one day i'll take it off and i'll look at the code and then i'll play with the toys but until then um that's just on my board as, as a as a trim pedal i i i can at least sympathize with that because uh, it's like sometimes you get that situation where you have to call someone on a, a, a like 1-800 number, or a customer service line, and you're like, you just keep putting it off and off so you don't have to actually deal with all the menus and stuff to get to a real no, person. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but it's fine. It, it, honestly, it does the job. Um, and then after that, I have the DD7, um, which has some different effects, and I can like, I like play with stuff sometimes, like, there's some interesting settings. Uh, again, just like creating interesting um, ambient effects live um, just to create um, some colors and things in the songs. But for the most part, that just stays in that reverse mode, that like silver lining reverse mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that, you know, Beyond silver lining, I, I still do these. Just some like interesting little sounds. Um, that goes into this TU3S, which is a it's a it's a Boss tuner, but it's passive, so it's always on. Um, and no one's ever really seen these before. I actually I, we bought it accidentally. I was trying to buy like a regular Boss tuner, like a that you can bypass. Yeah. Um, but this is always on, and I don't mind it because sometimes in songs, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll play a note. Oh, DD7's long. But I'll play a note, like, and I'll look at it, and it'll show me that my G string is a little flat. And I'll be like, and I can just kind of adjust on the fly, which is rare, but it is fun to just, like, mess around with sometimes. Um, and then that goes into the Ernie Ball VP Junior uh, volume pedal. You had mentioned earlier that you do still have the uh, the volume and the tone set up on your guitar. So, so but you probably used mm-hmm. most of the the controlling of that with the foot pedal. 
No, so I use so the the foot pedal for the most part, like ninety nine percent of the time, is just to bypass the sound. Because uh. a lot of what I a lot of what I do is I'll create um, uh, swells and things that need to cut at a particular beat. So I can do something like you know combining the big sky swell with the DD seven reverse with the EP booster, which Usually, if I combine those three things, it creates this like wacky like, and then I can I can cut it exactly when I want to cut it. Otherwise, it'll just go on forever. It'll trail um, and oscillate. Exactly, and then people hate that and they make fun of our band. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, for the most part, like um, yeah, it's 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 pretty. My my pedal board is pretty self-explanatory. There's no real wacky things with it. Um, I've like been meaning to get it professionally set up, but it just kind of, it just does the job for me. Um, yeah, I love it. And one last thing, uh, since you kind of talked about wacky and spacey stuff is, uh, acrobats. What mm -hmm. do you use them to get that kind of that, at least the beginning of the song? Yeah. So acrobats, um, I can tune down for you. Um, that one's in drop D. Um, so pretty much that one is a song that, um, it was a guitar riff that I had for a really long time. Um, and we were like trying to fit it into different songs and then we kind of just made it its own song. Um, but it's this echo space effect on the, the big sky It's really like the kind of creates this. And that one, um, but that's honestly, that's just another example of like, I just know to go to that second bank in the big sky and hit the first button. And it's going to create this thing. And it's the same effect that I used in the beginning of a, of a song called Death. Or uh, there's a song called Bigfoot. Anytime I want something to just be like a little, like a little trippy, just a little, like, ugh. Just make f people feel like a little uneasy. That's kind of what I go with. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sam, uh, I thank you so much for joining us. I know, uh, you know, this isn't, I guess, the ideal situation, but I'm so glad that you're able to set it up in your home and then connect with us this way and, you know, talk gear for a little bit. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Killer, man. All right, Sam in Los Angeles, myself here in uh, Nashville. Thank you for another rig rundown. Thanks, man. Have a good one.